Welcome to the Seed Time Money Podcast. We are your hosts, Bob and Linda Lodick. This is a hope-filled podcast that'll help you save, earn, give, grow, and actually enjoy your money. We don't hold anything back. We share everything that we've learned on our journey. Everything from being 100% broke to paying off our house by age 31, to finding work with purpose, to giving more than we ever dreamed possible, all while having a blast on this adventure that God has led us on. And if you want to achieve true financial freedom and design a life of eternal impact, this is the show for you. We are so glad you're here. Let's get to it. Today, we are talking about homeschooling. Lindsay Neural, old friend of ours, personal finance expert from many, many years ago, and we've hung out at different financial conferences and done money nerd stuff. She wrote this cool book called Homeschool Hacks. Since we are homeschooling, and I know Mm -hmm. a lot of our audience, a lot of you are homeschooling as well. So we're going to talk about some of this. And we just have a whole bunch of questions (laughs) because in some ways, I think... Buckle up. Some days... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like you, we both feel like we're drowning. And so we're going to talk to Lindsay about all this and she's going to help us get everything sorted out and we're going to be amazing. So yeah, Lindsay, thank you for taking a few minutes yeah. to come chat with us and share some wisdom. Thank you. It's been a while, Bob. It's good to see yes. your face again. <laughs> yes, I know. It's great. So we haven't been to a conference together in a while, but maybe this year, this might be the year. Mm-hmm. Where do we start? What do we want to talk about first? Well, I think there's a lot of new homeschooling parents post 2020, right? People coming to you for advice, there's got to be one simple thing that just starts off the conversation that maybe is a common question that you get. I would love to hear from you on that. Sure. So one of the questions that seems to always come up and it involves the young ones. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people have these aspirations of starting your child from the very beginning and working them through the homeschool system. And that's how we did it. We were fortunate um, in that we just kind of always knew, but they start asking all these questions and they really want to form this very well scheduled, created, you know, like how we would run a business or how we would, you know, plan a large building. And they want to like fill in all the gaps and get all the details in place and then just kind of like plop their kid in there. The difference between businesses and buildings and kids is that kids are like these fully formed people with their own souls and personalities and and paths that we don't actually even know what they are yet. And so we have to be very careful to kind of pull back and think more, okay, should we be doing blocks and numbers and colors and just kind of see where this goes and kind of let the child tell me what their gifts are and what their abilities are and get to know them through the process? Um, Or are we going to do this other thing where we go, this is mine, this child is mine, this is how we're going to create this, and then the kid is just going to have to navigate. That's largely how public school and some private schools do it because they just have to with the sheer numbers of children. But this is different. We need to step back and go, okay, we're not exactly putting the world around our child and, and making everything revolve around that child. But if the purpose of homeschooling, and it is for us, is to get this tiny person to become a fully formed, confident, all their gifts and abilities to their potential so they can go out in the world and do whatever it is that is their plan, we need to start really accepting their gifts and their abilities and their talents and their weaknesses now and kind of really develop that into our curriculum. Interesting. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is, and you know, and this is what we've begun to do, and I think we can continue to do better, but break away from the old 
pattern of thinking of what education is and recreate it based on your child's needs, right? Your needs and also your family's needs. That's okay too. You know, we were five kids very close together, C-sections with every single one of them. Wow. I was in bed for a lot and unable to, you know, I was having little tiny kids bring me diapers so I can change the other kids. Um, (laughs) Homeschool didn't look like study pods and sports and all these things that you, that are possible. We were just trying to get by. Mm -hmm. And some of the best lessons my children learned were when it was, what can we do to love mom? What can we do to love dad? How can we serve our younger brothers and sisters? How can I do life with my family and tie it into some of the more reading, writing, arithmetic type things that we're learning? Because in the end, if if your family can't be family, you can't do the things that are important for your family, what's the other stuff for? Yeah. So we have a Mm seven-year-old who is whatever, now finishing up finished up first grade. We're about to transition to second grade. And other than that, we have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. So we haven't done any homeschooling with them. I mean, in, in a traditional form or right. thing, but with our seven-year-old, we're second year. It's going to be our third year. It's going to be our third year. Yeah. You were actually homeschooled a little bit as a kid. I went through traditional school the entire way. That's the only frame of reference I have. And so it's hard for me like to just detach from that and to just completely go into a different paradigm and approach of doing homeschool. And really, I'm an achiever. I'm an Enneagram three. And so I'm always like thinking and along these ways of like, what is success? Like, what does success look like? Do you have any advice for someone like me to break off what traditional education says that success is and then redefine what that looks like in a homeschool world? Yeah. And for each individual family, right? Yeah. And that's just kind of hard too, because each family are going to find different approaches and different styles. So if you're doing a classical, you know, type education where you're learning the Latin and you're doing the, the copy work and everything's very structured, your success is going to look different than an unschooler who gets in an RV and travels and sees all the different historical landmarks and says, Hey kids, you know, make a YouTube video and draw something and maybe sell a product in the business that you build. I mean, those are two very different definitions of what success might look like. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of that's going to be your family's definition of success. Bob, if you really need kind of those checks and balances to make sure that your kid is progressing along, that's okay. Most curriculum has some of those built in. And depending on your state, testing might be something that you need to do. Um, And even if it's not, eventually they're going to be getting to high school where ACT, CLT, SAT might be something that they need to take seriously. And you'll have to kind of reverse engineer those subjects to make sure they don't get to their junior year. And we're going, okay, we've not learned any math. That's obviously a big (laughs) fail. So, you know, not to get too far ahead of yourself, but, you know, you can play around with different curriculum, look at the table of contents, see what is going to be mastered in that year, see if that child is even at that level and kind of just let them go. I mean, we let our children go as fast as they can go. We don't throttle them. Um, But if there's a child that's struggling and we always have one or two, you're going to take extra time to sit down and really go over things that you honestly thought were going to be finished much faster. And that patience and that understanding, it's like any other personal growth having a child walk, use the potty, all those things. You can set a timeline all you want for those things, Bob. 
but kids are going to do what kids are going to do. And yeah. school is very much a part of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to hear from you on, well, we were talking right before we started recording and you were talking about single moms homeschooling. So yeah, based on the title of this, how to homeschool without losing your mind and losing your job. Talk to us about that. Like you said, you work full-time yourself and your husband works full-time. How are you implementing this that makes sense to your life and that you're not losing your mind? (laughs) So what's interesting is people often confuse school with childcare and parenting and kind of where all those little things overlap. School has become a place of childcare for a lot of us. And and especially for single parents, it's a needed form of childcare. But if you are someone with a business or a work schedule that can be flipped, like maybe you work nights or you have a a family member that's happy to watch your children for you um, so you can work, there are a lot of ways that I'm watching families make sure they can still make a living, still be there for their children. And they're just using their parenting time that they would normally have as homeschool time. It is really easy now compared to years past with a lot of things online. You know, you've got a lot of coursework online, tutors, pandemic pods, which are really just kind of a fancy way of saying homeschool co-op. There are people that are doing childcare swaps, somebody that you trust and you know that you say, watch my kid on Tuesday while I work. I'll watch your child on Thursday while you work. We're using the same curriculum and we can kind of just look over their shoulder and go, yeah, they're doing their work. There's really no limit to what you can do. It's just going to take some ingenuity, some flexibility, and understanding that your parenting time and your homeschool time are now the same time. And if you didn't have a lot of parenting time before, you're going to have to figure out how to build that in. Yeah. 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 One of the things I do really love about homeschooling is that parenting aspect with it, which I've heard a lot of people say, and even I've said myself, I'm not a teacher, which I'm not. I'm not great at it. (laughs) That is my biggest struggle. But the fact is, as parents, we're teaching our kids anyway. I kind of was thinking about that this morning and I was like, I'm actually already teaching him. And that's one of the things that I really love about parenting is that I can help him see things in a new light. And I feel like taking a little bit of the pressure off of Yeah, I would love to hear you speak about this. I had a whole lot of pressure on myself about things have got to be just like this. And when they go to school, they're in school from 8 a.m. till 3 or whatever. In my head, I have to be schooling my child that long. That's how I used to think. And then I got into it and there a few of the other homeschooling moms kind of took some of that pressure off to be like, you're actually teaching them all of the time. As long as they're awake, you're probably teaching them something. It's just that it might look a tiny bit different from the way they're doing it at school. And so in my head, it wasn't the same thing, right? You're right. And the tricky part of it is it's kind of a trap, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're being told and you want to believe that your kids are learning through these like teachable moments, right? We talk about teachable moments all the time. But the trick and the trap is that you really don't know... (laughs) what they're learning or if they've retained anything until they get out into the world, um, whether that's like next year at summer camp or they're 20 and they're, they're in college and they have to put that knowledge to the test. Right. So Mm -hmm. we want these like really pat answers. We're like, I taught my child this, this, and this, and now they're good. 
we don't work that way as parents. I know you Mm -hmm. are constantly saying the same type of really common sense budgeting type things that we should all know. It's not like there isn't this knowledge out there. It's about making it your own and applying it to your own life and overcoming your own obstacles and weaknesses and doubts. And for children, having a parent, a trusted, loving adult that's fully invested in them and wants to see them thrive in the world. I feel like that knowledge that you're passing down I think it takes, I think it sticks a lot better. There are some really great teachers out there. This is in no way a diss to the teachers um, that are trying their best and doing their best in some, but they just don't have, they don't have the eight to 10 hours a day with one to four children that they're bonded potentially with DNA and have raised since they were infants and kind of know how they function and those little sneaky things that they do to get out of stuff. And and you just, you have a lot of advantages as their parent that can overcome things that just can't be overcome in the school system because of time, resource, energy. Yeah, totally. Agree. All right. So you have five kids. I have and six your oldest children. Oh, six, six. children. Oh, five at home right now, though. All right. So <laughs> oh your gosh. oldest is 18? My oldest is 22. She just graduated from college. All right. Okay. Congratulations. So 22 down, homeschooled all of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. So looking back... At least you have some out. Um, You've been through the whole journey all the way. We're at the beginning. What advice would you give to us, knowing what you know, having gone through the whole thing? I would really try to keep yourself from comparing. It's something we do with everything. Homeschooling feels like the worst. You're always looking at other people's kids and going, wow, those kids are better behaved than mine. Or those kids are more conscientious or this or that, or they're learning two more languages or whatever it may be. And the thing is, you could say that about any child that you have in any, any situation, but when you're homeschooling, the burden is all yours. So it's not like you can go, well, they went to a really bad school or, you know, pandemic, they were (laughs) shut down for a year. You have to take full responsibility. And and granted, your child is a unique human being and they're going to like do their own thing to some degree. But as far as getting them access to the information, you have no one to blame but yourself. And so with that comes this constant you know, what other people are doing. And with the internet and Instagram and blogs and books, it feels like more pressure. So I would really just kind of create your family's mission and go, okay, why are we doing this? What do we hope to accomplish? As they get older, they'll start to say things like, you know, mom, I really want to be a dental hygienist, which is something my uh, 16 year old told me the other day. (laughs) And he's a boy that just loves clean teeth. And we said, okay, (laughs) let's think about what things we can be doing to like make that accessible to you. So Mm -hmm. as they talk to you, they'll start to tell you things. They'll change their mind. Just like starting a business, you'll, you'll pivot, but you will have incredible opportunities. If you just focus on your child, what resources you have available to you, because they're not all going to be the same. Some years we've had very lean business years. Some years we've had a little extra for all the camps and the sports and the the cool things, but you really just need to bring the focus back. Because if I look at other people's kids who have, you know, graduated college at 12, I'm going to feel like I could have done more as a homeschool mom. And then there are other people who are looking at me going, I need to homeschool the two years my child has left having never done this before you know, clearly they're maybe looking at me and saying, this is out of my depth. So 
really focus on your child. Try to try to focus on your own lane. It is so, so, so hard and it is a daily struggle. But if you can do that, I think things will go a lot easier for all of you. Yeah. I also love that you did, you talked about unschooling before. I don't know if you actually did any of that or not, but I saw in your book that you were talking about kind of the adventures that you took your kids on where it was not just, you know, I I tell my son, if you go to school, you're sitting at a desk all day long. You know what I mean? Whereas when you have the opportunity to homeschool, you can do a whole lot more. I would love to hear like your thoughts on that and how your kid, your kids perspective on what they learned and how they grew during those times of travel and exploring. Sure. So anytime you homeschool, you're going to get that one relative or friend, or if you're an internet personality, the 50,000 people that say, (laughs) well, what about socialization? Because homeschooling somehow leads you to believe you're home. We are almost never home. Um, We are now because it's summer and we have gardens and animals and things to tend to. But because of my work, I always try to bring one kid with me to every conference. If it was within driving distance, we loaded up the Toyota Sienna with the eight seats. We threw everyone in there, right? Mm-hmm. There were cheap hotels that were questionable. There were um, lunch meat meals for four days. We did what we needed to do to mm-hmm. kind of have those experiences. And my children developed interests in things that I didn't even know existed as a small rural um, Nebraska girl who Mm -hmm. hadn't even like left the state till I was in high school. So we talk about getting to know people and appreciating them for their differences and understanding other cultures. And I think homeschooling really could be the key to that, like understanding our neighbor, truly understanding them and travel. You know, we are, we already know how great travel can be for that. Even if it's just one time a year, you throw the kids in the car and you go three hours out of town, there are places you haven't seen and people you haven't met. There's no better environment for this than homeschooling, in my opinion. Yeah. Our oldest son, we had him in speech therapy. And I remember I told her, I was like, okay, we're going on a trip. So we'll be gone, you know, next week or whatever. She said, that's awesome. That's perfect. Because a lot of times when kids are in a new environment, their speech just like grows really rapidly. And sure enough, we went away and that happened. And it even just happened with our youngest son, who's two. We just went on a trip a couple of weeks ago. And when he came back, I was like, this kid is talking so much everywhere. He's just saying, and I I found like, I I think it's just fascinating. Then I even feel like this in my own life. When I get out of my daily thing, I see the world in a new light and I grow in certain areas that I'm like, I didn't even, I never even thought about this before because I never had to. So I I really agree with that. And I feel like I've watched it happen with our kids as we've done that. I mean, it's somewhat related, but we did well, on one of our podcasts, we were talking about how moving out of your hometown is a life hack. Oh yeah. And in this idea of how much we've grown by doing this. Mm-hmm. And so we posted this and I was just looking at it today on Instagram. Tons of people have commented and basically like completely agreeing that they had the same type of experience. And some who moved out of their hometown, some who just traveled out of their hometown. But the point is, is getting out of your environment clearly does something for us all. It's good for us all. Well, that's why field trips were always so fun, I think. Yeah. It's like if you can have a field trip every week or, you know, be gone in a new environment for an entire month or something like that. I think that's super cool and really interesting. All right. Well, this has been fun. This has been helpful. Check out Lindsay's book. 
It is homeschool hacks, how to homeschool. I don't know. What's the subtitle? (laughs) How to give your kid a great education without losing your job or your mind. I love that. And we're (laughs) borrowing part of that for a title of this one, but I love it. Yeah. Go check it out. I'm assuming they can buy that book anywhere. Books are sold. Is that true? Yep. Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, the whole the whole deal. So, yep. Even amazon.com probably carries it, right? <laughs> sure. I heard a rumor. If we have to yeah. mention that. <laughs> and how else do we find you? Do you have a blog or what? Where do yes. we Yes. So I'm on Twitter a lot. If you okay. want to check it out. You're at, one at, of those. <laughs> yes. And I answer a lot of questions on there. So at okay. old neural. Yep. Great. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, appreciate it. And thanks for taking the time to share it. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Seed Time Money Podcast. And remember, money isn't the goal, but it's simply a tool to help you fulfill your purpose and your calling. And we'd love to help you achieve true financial freedom faster with our email newsletter. So if you want exclusive money tips and hope-filled encouragement in your inbox, head over to seedtime.com to get signed up. Knock, knock. Who's there? Leaf. Leaf who? Leaf us a review on iTunes, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Know we are praying for you and we'll see you in the next episode. (laughs) 